0: Well, the Fan Golf Show is on, but not much else is. Good morning. Welcome to this week's edition of the Fan Golf Show. Uh, happy Easter weekend to everybody. We are, um, as as we've talked for <laughs> several weeks now, we are in a very strange period in our existence. Not just golf-related, but in our very personal existence. Um, most of us have never walked down this path before, and it's a learning experience every step. Uh, th- there are some confusing things going on, and um, I'll try to address those as briefly, briefly as I can. The first thing is, is um, our state being one of those that has a ban on playing golf um i understand as well as anybody the restrictions about social distancing and and uh, wiping things down and you know all the things that that are being done elsewhere but for some reason government officials who make these kinds of decisions have decided that Golf is uh, worse in the fact that it could be more infectious. People could get the virus more from playing golf than they could from fishing. I have no problem against fishing. I I don't fish, but for the people who do, great. Um, But I don't get this analogy in – Uh, The governor's ruling, especially the funny part is (laughs) you saw um, the, the newspapers this week that ran his ruling. And many times it was accompanied by a photo of people out fishing and they are shoulder to shoulder or pretty close to that at their favorite fishing spots. I don't know. I, I don't know what's at play here, um, but something is, because, it, it. you know, golfers can be uh, just as observant of, of what's going on as anybody else, but they're not doing it here in Pennsylvania. So there's, there's my first bit of confusion. The, the other thing is, One of the other things, the PGA Tour and the other ruling bodies of golf um, this week came out with their revised schedule, at least for their more prestigious tournaments. They are projecting a start, restart, I guess, to the season, on May 21st through the 24th, where the Charles Schwab Challenge will be played at the Colonial in Texas. There are many signs pointing to the fact that that's not going to happen. That's that's still way too early. And, I mean, you you look around the country, and I think it was yesterday – that Los Angeles County extended their um, lockdown, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, till the end of May. Ours extends right now till the end of April. Um, so the, the, the realigned schedule uh, the PGA Championship is going to be played August 6th through 9th at TPC Harding Park. The FedEx Cup Playoffs will finish with a Labor Day final round to the uh, tour championship. The U.S. Open at Wingfoot is rescheduled for September 17th to the 20th, followed by the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. And the Masters is scheduled for November 12th through 15th. Um, it's great that those organizations put that pen to paper and came up with, with that schedule because it gives golf fans and the golfing community, businesses, you know, tournaments, it gave them something to latch on to. But everybody has to understand that these are tentative dates um, everybody's excited about uh, the masters in november yeah that that would that would be neat, but November's a long way from now um Who knows what the world is going to look like by november um you know, there there are lots of things like, A, getting courses ready and um, getting the players ready. The, the, the They want to give the players three to four weeks' notice so that they can get prepared to play. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure about why they need three to four weeks. You know, they can hit balls anywhere they want. Um a lot of them live in places where golf is being played um, they're you know they're they keep talking about it's very likely that when they do come back, they'll come back without spectators in the early going of whatever is left of the schedule. but think about this while there will be no spectators. There are about 1,500 to 2,000 people who work at these tournaments. You know, from uh, you know, maintenance people to the grounds crew to um, you know, you you can just imagine all the different folks that are out there making things good for the players and for the you know for many many years for fans. Um, so how does that fit into social distancing? Um, they, there are questions um, about things like, and these are, this is kind of and not really pressing issues, but guys who are trying to qualify for um, the Ryder Cup and qualifications for the next year's majors, are on the line here. The British Open isn't going to be played; they announced that last week. Um, so they're trying to um, they're trying to do whatever they can at least from a talking point. They're trying to make sure that there's something out there for fans. Now, the question is going to be is, by the time the end of March shows up, will those uh, CDC guidelines um, about limiting unnecessary travel and avoiding large gatherings, will those still be in effect? Who knows? Players are going to be coming from all over the world. Yeah, a lot of them live in the U.S., but a lot of them don't. Um, and then they're talking about university universal testing of the players uh, at airports, hotels, tournament entrance. But the U.S. does not seem to be at that point right at this moment. I don't know if you saw, but California Governor Gavin Newsom sounded a bit pessimistic. When he said he doesn't anticipate the NFL season starting on time with fans in the stands in September, and again, he's speculating. But think about that—you um, know, that's going <laughs> to that's going to wipe out a couple of those those events if if you know the the virus is not under control by that point. Um, we've talked about, and I've seen it um, written several times this past week, about the U.S. Open staying at Wingfoot, which is in suburban New York City. Um, it's about five miles from New Rochelle, which is the epicenter of uh, all of this for New York City. That's where it all started. Um, and the question becomes, Will will we be at a place where you know thirty, forty thousand spectators will be bust in there every day in that general area? I don't know. A lot of things I don't know and none of my wise guys wise guy friends need to comment about that. Um What I do know is, this is, in addition to Easter weekend, this is Masters weekend. This was the week and weekend that we all look forward to. Uh, Let's see, unofficial beginning of spring, as you know. It's the way people have looked at it for years and years and years, even though we had snow yesterday. Um, So, as I was thinking about the show, I said, Since we don't have anything masters-wise to talk about, we're going to do a a little pretending later with with, uh, Scott Michaud, who is a Georgia Georgia, uh, guy who has covered a lot of masters, and he has as much knowledge as anybody. But we're going to do a little pretend masters when, when Scott comes on at 745, but I said, you know, there won't be any Masters to watch today unless it's taped highlights of of, um, one of the years, and it's been cool this week watching some of that older footage, Um, you know, like in uh, Nicholas's final round of his 86 win. Boy, those guys looked awfully young. Tom Watson and, and um, Ben Crenshaw and, and those guys—they are all very smooth-skinned, you know, bright-eyed guys. Now you see them now, and you know, time takes its ra- takes its toll, and um, they they look a little different now. And somebody put me in my place this week by saying, "Have you looked in the mirror lately?" It's the kind of friends I have. But anyway. I came up with the idea of looking back at some of the best rounds that have ever taken place in round three at the Masters, which happens on on Saturdays, well, weather permitting. So I found a few. Um, in 2005, the third round was delayed. And over the course of Saturday and early morning Sunday, Tiger Woods ran off seven straight birdies to put him in really good position, which he nailed down the next day with his fourth green jacket. In 1986, the tournament I just talked about, Nick Price didn't win, but he bogeyed the first hole. Something that happens all the time, and then made birdies on 10 of the last 17 holes at Augusta to tie the Masters' record of 63. That's uh, golfing your ball, as they like to say. Back in 1965, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, and Gary Player were tied. Going into the third round. Well, Nicholas took care of that with eight birdies, shot 64 on the way to a um, uh, win. He matched a course record that day and set records for the lowest total, 271, and the largest margin of victory, nine shots that stood for decades um those i i don't know why uh, there was one and it must have been the tiger one in 2005 there's one that sticks out that seemed like every time they went to a different player somebody was lighting it up somewhere and a lot of that was tiger as as we know um but that's what can happen at Augusta, National, And we'll talk with Scott um, a little later about how different it's going to be in November if they get to play it then. Um, you know, course conditions, there will be no brightly blooming azaleas and dogwoods. That will all be done. Um, it will it'll no doubt play differently. Um, but we'll talk more about that a little later. Um, there are The tour sent out a memo to its players this week um, telling them that there was going to be a meeting next week, assuming a virtual meeting, um, telling the players what the, the latest plans were. And in that memo, it, it did say that The first round of that uh, new schedule was supposed to be May 21st, but the tour memo stated that that was unlikely. Uh, Golf would resume that soon and that, quote, the tour is evaluating other options that allow us to preserve the maximum number of events we can while giving us more time as the crisis evolves. So while it's all confusing, uh, if I had to bet, I would bet that we're not going to get started at the end of May. Um, I do, you know I have no no guess when we might start. Um, it's going to be an interesting couple months now, like it hasn't been interesting already. All right. It's time for our first break of the day. We're going to do that. And we're going to come back and we're going to tell you a story uh, about a young man who had uh, some wonderful luck and and wonderful results and then had some bad luck. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is the Golf Show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Okay. As I told you, our, our first guest of the day. Um, he's a very nice young man, and, and um, he <laughs> has an interesting story to tell, and um, I'm glad he came on with me this morning. Tom Nettles has um, is, is, had an unbelievable, in my mind, stretch um, over the last year, and, and we're going to talk about that now. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for coming on with me.
1: Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me, man. I, I appreciate the time.
0: So, you
1: um,
0: after graduating from Miami, right? Miami of Ohio. Uh,
1: no, Ohio University in Athens.
0: Oh boy, that's that's like um,
1: yeah. treasonous
0: to to mix those two up, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's those well, are fighting words, Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's too early in the morning to be fighting. Anyway, yeah, you, you you graduate from college and and you go to try to qualify for the PGA Tour Latino America
1: Developmental Tour.
0: And you did pretty well in that, didn't you?
1: Yes. Um, yeah, That was back in January, the second week of January, and uh, I finished sixth place, which was uh, good enough to get me full status on the Latino America Tour.
0: So... You're all cranked up, ready to go. Uh, You want to get out there. And you played in the first um, event of the year, correct? That was in Mexico.
1: That's right. Yeah, the the first event was in Mazatlan, Mexico, um, uh, the first week of March. Um, And uh, so we played there. Unfortunately, I missed the cut. Uh, but shortly, shortly after that week was kind of when the, uh, um, the coronavirus pandemic started to heat up and, and then the tour kind of started to tell us that, uh, that we would, we wouldn't be playing any golf for the rest of the spring. So that's all we got in with that first tournament. And
0: you don't, you didn't play terribly you shot what even par
1: that's right yeah i was i was even par for the two days um i believe the cut line was minus seven for that week which if i'm not mistaken was the highest or the excuse me the lowest cut on the in latino america tour history so <laughs> i i jumped right into the fire in the first week so I was I was excited to tee it up again uh in the next event, but unfortunately that, that didn't happen, so I still gotta wait my turn.
0: And and what what did you tell me the winning score was?
1: Uh it was twenty nine under. <laughs> yeah, well yeah, sounded wow. kind of crazy.
0: Welcome to the Latino America Tour.
1: That's right. That's right, yeah, exactly. Welcome. <laughs> when
0: when we talked earlier in the week, um, I said when I first heard that, that sounded like um, one of the uh, uh, Phoenix Open or Waste Management Open uh, totals. That's that's They've put that up, I think, a couple times out there.
1: Um, right, right, so yeah. Tell
0: me your feelings. You you get through qualifying, and, and that's a killer. Everybody knows that's a very difficult thing to do. Um, once you sure. do that and you have full status, what are you thinking leading up to actually getting to the first tournament in in Mexico?
1: Oh boy, you know it. There was a, kind of a lot of emotions. You know, I was I was excited, of course, to to play in my first PGA Tour sanctioned event. Um, you know, there's certainly some nerves there, um, but you know. But, Mostly just excitement. I I was, I was ready to play. You know, there was, it was about two months between the qualifying tournament in January and then the first event in Mexico, the first week of March. So I had plenty of time to prepare. Um, and in fact, I'd played the, the Canadian tour qualifying tournament in February. Uh, so I had, you know, I had played in a few events to get me ready for that first event. Um, so, you know, I, I felt plenty prepared and, and ready to go, uh, but I, I was just really excited to play because I, I, I know quite a few guys on the tour, uh, you know, seeing them around in uh, certain events. You know, Spencer Mellon, who's also a Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh guy, he plays on the tour, and we actually traveled together that week. So there was a bit of a, a comfort level there, knowing a good amount of players, but, uh yeah, I, I was just really excited to play. And unfortunately, I didn't play too well. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to play some golf here in the fall and uh, and we can get going again.
0: From what you know, and I'm sure knowing the kind of guy you are, you probably looked into this, um, what kind of scores do they normally shoot on, on that tour?
1: Well, yeah, so, so like I said, that, that first event, the the scoring was abnormally low. Um, It usually depends. Like, some of the golf courses that we play in the the tour are very, very difficult. And the winning score will be single digits under par. And Hmm. the cut for two days will be three, four, five over par. Um, And then, you know, you'll have some some other courses that – 17, 18 under par will win. That's that's usually pretty standard, you know, a winning tally between 15 and 18 under par. Um, so, you know, you got to shoot a couple under par to make the cut and see the weekend. So it's nothing um, nothing out of the ordinary except for that first tournament, of course.
0: <laughs> yeah, lucky you.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: How did you do in the um, uh, Canadian qualifier. McKenzie Tour.
1: Um I finished I finished in twentieth place, so that got me conditional status. So I don't I don't have any guaranteed starts uh this summer if if they if the tour is played this summer. Um so yeah, so I, I would have to go up and, and uh qualify for each specific event uh if I choose to do so.
0: I was gonna say you're you giving that any thought?
1: I I wasn't, um to be honest with you, Mike, because there's you know, there's some good events to be played this summer in Pittsburgh. You know, the West Penn Open and uh the State Open both being in Pittsburgh. Yep.
0: Um
1: and I you know, I really would like to play in those events. Um so I was gonna take the time this summer to, to kinda of spend some time calling in Pittsburgh. You know, because the Latino America tour, they take the summer months off, uh, so it, it felt it felt right to be home uh, during that time.
0: Yeah, well, that'll be good you know, if if those if and when those events are played. Um,
1: sure. Tell
0: me, you you come from a golfing family, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, um, <laughs> and you have done. A lot of things golf wise you have um, a golfing playing brother chuck who that's right does does well locally
1: he sure does
0: you have caddied for him you have played against him um tell me what that's been like um you know growing up in that kind of environment
1: you know it's it's been it's been really special. Like I I've, I've been really blessed in that regard to have an older brother who I can I can look up to. I still look up look up to. You know, we've played countless rounds of golf. Um you know, my brother Chuck, our, our our dad and grandfather got us into the game. So we, you know, we we kind of grew up with that and golf has kind of been part of our our life. Uh, for, you know, for as long as I can remember. And, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a great story. Last, let's see, no, two years ago in the 2018 West Penn Open at Oakmont, Mm -hmm. uh, Chuck and I were paired together in the final Mm -hmm. round. We Mm -hmm. just, you know, we just happened to shoot the same score in the first two rounds and we were paired together. Um, you know, in a, in a two ball, and that that was a pretty special day. You don't you don't get to play with your brother, in a tournament uh, at a special place like Oakmont. Uh, that that doesn't happen very often. So um, I won't I won't share who got the who got the best of two that day. Maybe you can tell them, Mike. <laughs> wow.
0: People can go look that up if they want. Maybe you really need to know that. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, exactly. and that was a pretty emotional time for you guys too that
1: around that tournament right that's correct yeah um yeah our our father passed in february of of 18 um so that i mean that that kind of made it a, a pretty a pretty special day and uh if i'm not mistaken our our father's birthday was during tournament week um uh that week so you know i'm My mom was out there watching us. It it was really just an awesome day to be able to share that with my brother and my family members being out there. It was just pretty cool.
0: Well, uh, Tom Nettles is joining us this morning, and he's uh, one of those golfers who is um, in coronavirus um, holding pattern, um, hoping to get off to, to a good start on the PGA Tour latino america tour um so what do you do now until you get the the go ahead to get started again
1: you know um not there's not much going on uh what i'm trying to do is just trying to stay sharp you know still working on my game uh my fitness Uh, just trying to stay healthy uh, you know, I, I was talking to a friend on the phone, uh, last night and, you know, he, he gave me a great piece of advice. He said, you know, look, whenever, whenever the siren sounds again, and it's time, time to go play, you know, you, you just want to be ready. So I, I've, I've been, I've been trying to, to stay sharp and do the little things, uh, in order to be ready, whenever it's time to play again.
0: So... Excuse me, with with this tour that takes off the summer months um, down in Latin America, that has to be a little different than guys who are trying to stay sharp for the PGA Tour. You can't wear yourself out, you know, going all the way to the fall,
1: Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, having, having the summer months off is, is kind of nice because, you know, you can, you can take those two months to work on your game and play in various local events. You know, like obviously being from Pittsburgh, I can come, come back home and spend some time there playing local events, uh, keep my game sharp. Um, Yeah, it's it's definitely a different setup than playing on, you know, on the big tour, on the PGA tour where they're traveling all year, all year long. So, you know, if you're not having a great, a great first half of the season, um, you know, you can take that time to make some improvements to your game. Uh, or on the other hand, if you're playing really well, you know, you can, you can take the positive of it and find some other tournaments to play in, maybe some Monday qualifiers for the Corn Ferry tour or the PGA tour. In uh, various local events to keep your game sharp and, and get ready for the fall.
0: Um, the, the PGA developmental tours have turned into great places um, to watch some some pretty pretty darn good golf um, over the years, and you know it's it, it becomes a numbers game, doesn't it? And and I would presume that you guys are getting direction about everything you're doing from the tour.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's pretty cool. The 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 tour, um, the the tour officials in the Latino America tour, they they're they're very serious about it, and they're they're very passionate about uh, their tour being a stepping stone towards the the PGA tour. So you know they they promote the tour very well. They promote us, uh, their players, um, and uh, you know it, it truly is the the path to the to the PGA Tour. And uh, you know, I'm just really blessed to be a part of it, and uh, excited that I have this opportunity to be able to, to be able to try to chase my dream and, and make it to the top. Well,
0: Tom, I appreciate you coming on with me this morning, and and um, congratulations on on getting to that tour, and um, hopefully you'll get the chance later on um, this summer to get back out there, and certainly we'll look forward to seeing you, uh, if if we're playing golf here in Pennsylvania, uh, when those big events come around.
1: Absolutely. Well, thanks, Mike. I appreciate the time, and, and thanks again for having me on.
0: All right. We'll talk to you this summer. Tom, thanks. That is uh, Tom Nettles. And um, he's having quite a year qualifying and then being sidelined by the the um, coronavirus. Mm, that's a, those are ups and downs, that's for sure. Uh, visit 937thefan.com slash vote to place your votes for our best athletes in Pittsburgh bracket. The next round is available for voting with some great matchups, including Tony Dorsett against Andrew McCutcheon and Yarmir Yager against Jerome Bettis. Brought to you by your favorite restaurants still providing takeout, including Dive Bar in the South Side and Jimmy K's in New Brighton. All right, it's time for our next break. Uh, We'll do that, and then we'll talk a little pretend Masters. You're listening to The Golf Show on Sports Radio 93.7. All right, it's Masters Saturday. It's when a lot of the action takes place every year. Some guy comes from behind and makes a big run at the top. But it's not. So we're we're um how how would I phrase this? We're we're gonna play a little make believe masters for a couple minutes with my next guest who is um who has become over the years my Saturday morning go-to guy from on, on Master Saturday. Scott Michaud is a uh, long-time writer and columnist at the Augusta Chronicle, and he's now a research writer at Georgia State University, and uh, I am pleased to welcome him to the show. Good morning,
2: Scott. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing?
0: We're doing fine. The sun's actually shining here today. Yesterday it was snowing, so... It's uh typical, yeah. That's what we do
2: here. <laughs> Snowing, wow. Yeah. Don't get do that often on, on on Masters Week.
0: We've had snow on Easter um before, um, so it happens, but the weird part of this one was it was seventy five and I had all the windows and doors in the house open two days before the snow. So this is this is just nuts. <laughs> so um We don't have a Masters, so I've been telling people that um, you and I are going to play a little fantasy Masters. We're not going to do that for long, but so knowing what you know and and I guess (laughs) what we have to go by is what happened uh, just about a month ago, since that was the last time any PGA Tour uh, golf happened, who would you think would be leading – uh, going into Saturday's round if there were a Masters?
2: Well, I you know, I would not have picked uh, Tiger this year based on the fact that he just hasn't played very much, uh, unlike last year when I was pretty high on Tiger Woods going into it, and that turned out well. But I was really hopeful that uh, this time we'd see Rory McIlroy finally uh, maybe uh, get his uh, career slam this year at Augusta. He was playing beautifully the last year. Uh always seemed to be in contention every single week no matter where in the world he was playing and so I would have suspected that he was be somewhere high on that leaderboard and John rom might be his biggest challenger uh, for not only world number one uh, but uh, at augusta I think John rom has got a game just perfectly suited for it and uh, the two of them I would uh, expect would be tooling it right now
0: I would my pick would have been McIlroy, um, Brom. I, I guess I really hadn't given him much much consideration, but he certainly has come not from nowhere. But boy, has he made a name for himself now! And like you said, he's going to be um, battling for world number one here soon.
2: Yeah, I think the two of those guys. If you if you looked at the the sort of the twelve month window or uh, leading into uh all of this mess that we're in right now, I think the two of those guys were playing the best golf in the world and the most consistent golf in the world Kepka you know he's had some some issues that have that have kept him from being his his best self lately, so I really yeah. think that those two uh are are starting to to you know surge ahead uh in terms of just being the most consistent, great players in in golf.
0: Now let's jump to something else. Um, Give me your thoughts about the Masters in November.
2: Well, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, You know, I really hope we get to see it uh at this stage of course everything is still up in the air uh but the fact that we have a date on the calendar and something to look forward to i think is encouraging uh they put it far enough uh down the road that uh they may have the best chance of any of the majors of having everything uh behind us uh if we can get a handle on all of this pandemic uh, stuff that that they can get it done. But the golf course, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot different. Uh, You won't see the color of the the azaleas, but you'll see the color of the leaves of the trees and maybe some of them falling onto the grass, uh, which they'll have somebody swoop in to get up immediately. (laughs) I was just going
0: to say, the leaves won't get
2: comfortable (laughs) on the ground, that's for sure. (laughs) No, they won't. But, but, you know, by by November, uh, the overseed that they do in early September – to try to get things uh, ready it's as close as they can to when the course opens for the membership uh, in uh, late October. It's not always – it hasn't come through. You've got some Bermuda uh, at that time, which is the base underneath all that uh, perennial rye that we're familiar seeing and play off of. Uh, but by that time, it will have come in, and the greens are always in good shape. They don't. They don't let those things go. Uh, you talk to some of the caddies uh, who have been out there. They're they're as great in October as they are in April. They just don't have them cut down to tournament speed yet. So they can obviously manipulate a golf course uh, better than anyone in the world, and they got the resources to make it happen. So I think the course, from a playability standpoint, it'll be longer. Uh, the ball won't carry as far in cooler weather, and and maybe they won't have. Uh, let that overseed uh get cut down quite as much as they do uh by April because it won't have been as as firmly established. But uh I think it from a viewer's standpoint, you're not gonna see a whole lot of difference except the uh Azaleas.
0: What's what kind of temperature would we be seeing in November?
2: Well it's about uh almost eight degrees average temperatures cooler than in April. It's like the average temperature in Augusta in November is sixty nine point five degrees. But it can be colder, especially in the middle part of the month. I mean last year during the same dates, I believe one of the days was forty eight and another one was around seventy. So you're gonna see it maybe a little more volatile uh temperature uh than you would in April. Though this week, like you said, you had 75 and then snow. We had 87 degrees on Thursday, and it was 68 yesterday. So, uh, you know, it, it, it always can, <laughs> can, can surprise you, but I think it's going to be considerably cooler uh, than we're used to.
0: Looking at, you know, the overall schedule that they, they have put out and, um, you know, the, the situation in the country now, uh, I think what you said earlier was right. The Masters probably is the one that most likely will be played. Um, I, I'm not dismissing the other ones, but, you know, August, I don't know. Will, will we be done with this by then? Uh, and the, the Wingfoot Open? I don't know. That's a dicey kind of place right now. Um, what? Give me your, enclosing here, give me your, uh, thoughts about what what might happen, and knowing that you know none of us know it you know exactly what 's going to go on
2: i I know i just, it August just seems so soon compared to how far uh norm, normalcy seems right now uh, yeah. you know are, are people going to be willing to travel uh at that time of uh, of year already, uh, when we come out of this thing and, and start resuming our lives, uh, as we used to. Uh, so August seems a little dicey to me, and I would think September, you know, should be fine except where it's located. Westchester County, uh, has been one of the hardest hit areas, uh, in the world, uh, impacted by this COVID 19. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, have a little bit of concern that they'd be able to do it in that location. Uh, you know, they, I, I've heard earlier that they thought about alternative locations, places that had two courses, uh, to try to get in, uh, as much golf as they need to with the U S open and less daylight than June. But who knows? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I've got those in on pencil on my calendar right now.
0: (laughs) I think that's probably a very wise thing to do. Scott, thank you for coming on this morning. Um, I appreciate it as always. And, and, uh, our tradition like any other continues for another year and um, I'm always grateful that, that you can join us and talk a little bit about the Masters
2: hopefully we can do this again in November
0: yeah that's right and we and we will so uh, Scott have a nice um, uh, Easter hope your family stays safe and, and we'll talk to you soon
2: thanks you too Mike
0: All right. that's Scott Michaud uh, the, the Georgian who knows about as much as anybody about the Masters, and and um, uh, so it's all very iffy. Boy, that's a and that's a strange way to go through life, right now, isn't it? You know, there are so many things that are iffy. It's not just golf, um, uh, but that's that's where we are, and that's that's what we have to do. Uh, Ninety-three-seven, the fan is doing our part to help Pittsburgh stay connected. Go to our radio.com app and get ideas to help you during this stay-at-home time. Just go to radio.com slash stay connected. Well, we have uh, completed another show. I wanted to uh, make sure that I wish everyone a happy Easter. It's going to be a different Easter, no doubt about it. Um, it be strange not going to Easter Sunday services, but... Um, that's the way it is. And um, I'll look forward to seeing you next week. Everybody, stay safe. And um, thanks for listening this morning. And this has been The Golf Show on Sports Radio 937 The Fan.